I don't think that they'll uh, fit me, but... Yes, uh, because I have size 13 feet and Jordan has size 7 feet. I do not have size 7. Don't say that because people are actually going to think I have size 7 feet. you got dainty little feet. I do not. I have aggressively average feet. I wear a 10 and a half, okay? Oh, yeah. 10 and a half and babies. I don't know. I don't know baby sizes. (laughs) I don't know babies. Hey there. I'm Jordan. And I'm Nick. We're just two regular guys who love talking about film. And now, we'd like to talk to you. We decided to break down our discussions into three parts. Because everyone loves a gimmick. We discuss our expectations for a film before we watch it. That's take one. We give our immediate thoughts following the film. That's take two. And finally, we research the film at length to prepare for an informed and in-depth discussion. And that's take three. So if you love film even half as much as we do, join in on the conversation. This is Take Three, a movie podcast. Take one. Okay, so first things first. My audio probably sounds weird because uh, my AC went out and it's 80 degrees here or something like that. It's 80 degrees at least during the day and it's really freaking hot. So I am not going to get under this blanket and suffocate. And so this is the audio. I hope it sounds okay. I'd rather be able to do take two and three because I didn't die of heat exhaustion rather than it sound a little (laughs) off. Hopefully it'll be fixed by take three. They said they were coming tomorrow, but they also said they were coming last week. So when, at what point during this podcast did you introduce the blanket? I think it was like a little bit into season one. I think two different people told me that we definitely sounded like we were in two different rooms. And I was like, well, we definitely are (laughs) in two different rooms. But we are. <laughs> uh, I was thinking like, okay, I guess that makes sense. When you were originally recording, you were recording in your bedroom. Yeah. And now you're in your living room. Yeah. There's relatively low ceilings. My ceilings are fucking giant for some reason. It echoes. So I was like, okay, let me, you know, try to enclose myself in a space and it'll maybe make the audio sound a little better. And I think I can tell a difference maybe it's psychological we definitely have some weird episodes but i also think we have some episodes where you probably couldn't tell that we're not in the same room we've also had episodes where we were in the same room yeah so yeah you're right just keeping everyone on their toes it's a mystery yeah we like to do that for sure (laughs) are you i have a genuine question here this is not a joke but are you genuinely excited about the movie that we're doing this week no really I asked my mom, I don't even know what provoked this question, but I was like, did we watch this when I was little? And she was like, yeah, we, we, you know, we saw it, but I just don't have any recollection of that. I, <laughs> I mean, I remember there being lots of music and it being kind of silly. So the only reason I asked that is because I've been sort of thinking, like I knew that we were recording take one for this today and I was kind of thinking about what my thoughts were. And normally I am so eager to jump into a movie because I love the movie so much. I just feel on the fence about this one. It's I like I don't love it. It's not like something that I'm eager to watch, but then again, I don't really hate it. I don't really know how I feel about it. Well, it's been on your suggested list for a pretty good while now. It's a classic. So there's there's got to be a ton of research out there. I kind of want to dive into what I don't already know. It seems like it's something that we just need to cover and get out of the way. <laughs> so 
<laughs> what a great way to introduce the episode. Here's the let's get yeah. this shit out of the way episode. No, I mean, like, I know that there's a lot of good to come from this movie. It might hit some heartstrings. I don't know, but I bet you yeah. I haven't seen this movie in 20 years. Yeah, I was going to say, I the last time I saw it was a long time ago. I've probably seen this movie three to four times in my life, and that's it. Isn't it really so, long? No, I looked it up. It's um, it's 100 minutes it's i think it's like 101 oh wow yeah i thought you were gonna be like it's 190 minutes <laughs> no but i i looked it up because i also remember it feeling very long so we yeah. will see <laughs> when i think of that movie i think of the weird tree and then <laughs> the lollipop guild i had an aunt and an uncle who convinced me that he was in uh the lollipop guild and she was part of the oh what are they called um the lullaby league <laughs> Lord. and so for for a good chunk of my life i was like i have famous relatives that's so, hysterical yeah it, it, yeah yeah it was probably in in my teens where my mom was like you know that wasn't true right don't you love it when so. adults lie to you about ridiculous stuff my parents have just made up the most <laughs> ridiculous stories i'm looking back on it and i'm like why the hell did i believe that <laughs> Uh, I guess let's watch this movie. I mean, I don't know. I, what, do you have anything else to say? Not really, no. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys are excited, because <laughs> we're not. First of all, shout out to Nick and Jordan for killing it as always, am I right? Yeah, they're awesome. Hey, I'm Stephen Crocker. I wanted to take a second to invite you to check out my new podcast called Dumbest in the Room. I talk with people who have different jobs and are life experiences and learn a little bit about what it is that they do and how they got there. The best way to stay learning is to always be the dumbest in the room. It's been a lot of fun talking with and learning from people, and I hope you'll join me. You can follow Dumbest in the Room at DumbestITR on all platforms, and the show is available everywhere you get podcasts. Back to you guys. Day two. I don't want to go first. You go first. Um... This is like peak cinema. Really? You really feel that way? No. No. <laughs> okay, I, I, I know it's like super beloved, and I know it's 82 years old. Uh, it's just not for me. The, the music got annoying. The fact that they kept, if I only had this, if I only had this, if I, you know, like with that same thing, I'm sorry, you can't live without a brain or a heart. You would not be, you would not be able to function. That would not work. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, the fact that uh, Glenda was like, she had, she had the, the tools to get home her the whole time, but she wouldn't have believed me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that bitch would have clicked her heels together just in case. And you were like, there's all these magical people floating around and stuff. You're in this magical land. You're going to see a wizard. And you thought that this girl would not believe that she had magic shoes on. <laughs> Here's the thing. It is dated. It's very dated. But I get the sentiment, I guess. I understand what they were going for. I just wish they'd gone all the way with it. There's still a few things that I don't understand. For example, where are Dorothy's parents and why is she living with her aunt and uncle? I want to know where the red brick road leads to. Why was that there? That could be a fun sequel to play with. 
But also, what the fuck do her shoes do? What do they do? You realize it was a dream, right? Yeah, no, I get that. But, like, what do they do? What do the shoes do? Why do they want them so They wake her ass up. Why did the witch want them? I guess they go better with her black cape than uh, Dorothy's, like, blue and white dress. Like, seriously, like, red shoes with blue and white. I thought this was supposed to be, like, really gay-friendly. Yeah, it is. I mean, okay, so you can't deny that her performance wasn't... She's, like, the epitome of graceful. I I do... I really did enjoy her a lot. She... I mean, Judy Garland is uh, amazing. This character and the the way she she delivered her lines, again, I know that it is a technique from a bygone era. I have seen lots of yes. movies back then, and they just acted differently. I will say, though, something that drove me crazy, and I can't imagine it wouldn't have driven me crazy 82 years ago, is that fucking lion. Everything he said, every <laughs> note he sang, I was like, oh my God, kill him. Literally, <laughs> take one of those pictures and put it on Instagram of you with that with the dead lion. Like That is how much I hated that motherfucker. Are you condoning poaching on our podcast right now? If the lion is obnoxiously annoying, terrible <laughs> singing, like guttural, uh, like <laughs> awful guy in a suit, yeah, poach his ass. Here's the thing. I I re- I didn't mind the the lion. I actually laughed a lot at his singing and his mannerisms and stuff. And that's when I say that I wish things had gone all the way. I wish the other two uh, characters were as campy as he was. The line that stood out to me with the scarecrow was when um, when Dorothy was like, "He's saying oil can," and and the scarecrow's like, "Oil can what?" And like, that's funny. That's yeah. a funny fucking line that for someone funny. who doesn't have a brain. And I wish that they had gone like all the way with that. And I wish that there were more of those things. And it was more like caricatures of these of these uh, missing body parts and stuff. I think it was campy enough. (laughs) This is about as campy as I could handle. Two things about the scarecrow that that were back to back that I just loved. Uh, He was like, this road's nice. This road's nice. And he's like, of course people go both ways. And I was like, look in 1939, the scarecrow promoting bisexuality. (laughs) I support it. It makes me wonder if this if this movie was the creation like it's over the rainbow and like was this was this movie did this movie invent gay people? I think that that's where we came from. <laughs> All is possible with Judy Garland. I love it. <laughs> um, the second one like right after that he was like a lot of people talk without brains or something like that. A lot of people with brains say a lot of stuff. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Uh, I really liked that as well. The the camp is so concentrated that it is hard to pick up on some of those things. But I had to rewind and watch some of what the wizard was saying when he was giving out, like the diploma and the heart and the the pin. It almost did feel like that was almost a satire too, but I don't quite understand the context. But the last thing he says when he's giving the Tin Man his heart is that it's something like your merit is not with how much you love people, but by how much you're loved. And I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> that doesn't seem quite right. Yeah, that doesn't work. It's strange. But again, I think that's that's what we do here. We research this stuff and I'm going to get to the bottom of this and I'm going to figure out what it all means. Yes. You know what I think was cool was like, I 
think that if you don't watch this movie for a long time, you can forget how many things we have pulled from this film, how many quotes, how many movies reference this film. I was just thinking like there's so many scenes in Family Guy that reference all of this stuff. Like how much from this film is just pulled into pop culture. Not too many 82-year-old films are referenced as much as this film. I don't think any. Yeah. Everything that happened throughout the story, I'm like, that's iconic. Oh, that's iconic. Oh, that's iconic. That's iconic. And it's like, that's great. Like we definitely have to give the movie its due. Obviously, it is held up and is one of the most celebrated films of all time. It won two Oscars. Like – it's definitely uh, there are there are for its music. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I did know that. Um, <laughs> it's just not my kind of movie. I think it was just your favorite movie is Halloween. I don't think we can get much more removed from like dark horror than Wizard of Oz. Like you yeah. can't get more separate than that. So I I can kind of understand this. And like, what's my favorite musical? Repo. Yes. And so that <laughs> if you guys have no idea what Repo the Genetic Opera is. Uh, and you are a Wizard of Oz person, you're probably not a Repo the Genetic Opera person. (laughs) So, uh, I don't want to sit here and say that I didn't like it because it was too cheery. (laughs) I think, you know, like, there were just certain parts of it that turned me off. It was, like, cringe. It was, like, hard. Again, like, the voices, some of the voices singing. Yeah. Certainly the voices of all of the... Can we say... I don't think that that's a word we're supposed to use anymore. I think it's like saying goblin or some other mythical creature or like griffin or something. Really? Okay. If not, you just got us canceled. So we'll look it up for sure. Uh, My apologies if that has become derogatory, but I don't think we're using it in a derogatory way. You know, that's a game too. There's a game called that. Maybe it's not a bad word. I don't know. I just don't want to piss anybody off. Aren't they donuts too? What? Doesn't Dunkin' Donuts have like the holes? Aren't those called or something? I have no idea. They are called I just looked it up. Rather than looking up if was a bad word, you were <laughs> you just wanted to know about the donuts. <laughs> okay. And is considered a highly offensive hate speech slur in the little person community when used in a negative context. We're not using it in a negative context. We're describing a fictional race of people we're not using it in a derogatory way if there are any little people listening to us and we're wrong please let us know but i think i think we'll be okay (laughs) okay i just like i hear a lot of people be like oh it's your intent and it's still like okay but you still can't say that word (laughs) (laughs) i feel like by talking about it we've said it like six times and now i feel like if it is a bad word uh (laughs) we're in trouble (laughs) i'll bleep all of the uses out it doesn't (laughs) It doesn't take away the fact that we still said it. It regardless, they're not they're not why I watch this film. Yeah, I don't know. I I've seen Wicked. Yeah. I was not a fan of Wicked at all. Oh, see, I liked Wicked. Ugh. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I liked um, the music in Wicked. It was much better than the music in this movie. It, yeah, for sure. Maybe that's a maybe people <laughs> are like, oh blasphemy. <laughs> We've come a long way. However, I also I want to watch The Wiz, and I want to watch Return to Oz. Oh, my God. Okay, so did Chris text you that? What? Watch Return to Oz? No, I don't think so. I haven't checked my text, though. Why? Okay, basically, Chris is a friend of ours. I told him I was watching Wizard of Oz, and he brought up Return to Oz, and I was like, there's a sequel? And he's like, oh, my God, you have to watch that, (laughs) and you have to go in completely blind. Yeah, you do. 
And see, now I can't talk about it because I know why he said that. I know some things about this movie that I think is uh, – there's a popular opinion surrounding this movie that I, now I can't say. So I guess we'll have to watch it in between now and take three. Yeah. Damn. I've seen The Wiz. I, I have definitely seen The Wiz. So we can – yeah, we can talk about all of them. I really like the music in The Wiz and I'm excited to watch that one. The music is good. Obviously, we have some uh, heavy hitters when it comes to the people singing <laughs> the songs. I think I might have similar problems with this that I have with the Wiz, where it's just not my kind of movie. But the music in the Wiz, like the "Can You Feel the Brand New Day," I love yeah, that song. It's good shit so yeah. much. That's a great song. Um, <laughs> whereas the only song that I still love from The Wizard of Oz is "Somewhere Over the Rainbow," and it's not necessarily Judy Garland's version, but like anybody that sings it, you know. <laughs> I know specifically your favorite version of who is it that song. Say I don't his, know his name. name. I don't know his name. He's the Hawaiian guy. Yeah, is <laughs> I can't pronounce. I mean, he's got a really long last name. God <laughs> yeah, rest can you his say soul. his name? No, I cannot. God <laughs> rest his soul. He uh, had a very long last name, but he was uh, he sang the hell out of that song. Yeah. I also there's a third movie that I will watch before Take Three. Birds of Prey. No, no. Why? No. Um, Unless it's free, then maybe. It is free. It's on HBO Max. I probably still won't watch it. But I want to watch... This is probably a bad movie, but uh, uh, the Tim Burton's Oz movie. What is that? Is it just called Oz? Tim Burton's Oz movie. Yeah, it's got... It's uh, one of the um, Franco brothers is in it. That's Sam Raimi. No, it's not. Sam Raimi directed that. Oz the Great and Powerful with Mila Kunis. Yeah. Tim Burton had to have a hand in that. He might have produced it, but Sam Raimi directed it. He's a Spider-Man guy. An Evil Dead guy. Why did I think this whole time, Control F, Tim? Because you are stupid. No, I'm just kidding. You're very smart. You're smarter than I am. I'm also just kidding about that. Oh my God. He had no hand in this whatsoever. Really? Why did I think that? Oh my god! I'm. Oh, you know why? Because I think. I think. Yeah, it's because Danny Elfman did the music. I just. Ass- <laughs> I just assumed that Tim Burton had directed it. Wow. Did um, Helena Bonham Carter and Tim Burton break up so that Tim Burton could marry Danny Elfman? Is that what oh, happened? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Why did you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's why did you bad. react so terribly to that <laughs> because I thought they had like a really messy breakup and he like cheated on her with someone else oh is that what happened I'm I don't sorry. know I could be wrong but <laughs> everything <laughs> I say is bad and wrong I don't fucking know <laughs> I'll have that uh, ready for take three as well I'll try to remember like <laughs> I'm gonna have this in-depth look at this director who did not direct this movie <laughs> He didn't even direct any of the reference movies. No, no, but no. Just, his breakup with this woman who was not yeah. in any of these movies either. That's what we're going to focus on. Just his uh, his relationship past. That's all. That's all that's important. We can have a take four just for like bullshit that we are spitting. Can we? No. Please. We are take three, a movie podcast, and I'm not changing the name on all of the stuff. Fine. I'm also going to read the book. You are not going to do any of the things that you listed. I bet you. Watch me. What would you give me if I finished all, what is it, 
The Wiz, Great and Powerful Oz, Return to Oz. That's three movies, right? And the book. And read the book. What would you do? I'd be like, wow, can we do take three? It's been a month. (laughs) What would you do if I did it by the time we recorded take three? You can either have my heart, my brain, (laughs) or or my courage. (laughs) Or my ruby pumps. (laughs) I want your ruby pumps. Okay. That's what I want. Got it. You can have my ruby slippers. And I but just know that you're not going to, though. Uh, this is it's never happened. We will see. <laughs> we will see. Oh, this is going to be fun. He's going to be like MIA, like call into work, like, hey, sorry, guys, I got to read. This is going to be so fun. How long is the book? Out. The book that it said read, it's probably think it's like 30 pages or some shit. No, I don't know. It said it said on the Wikipedia page that this movie was based off of the children's book. The Wizard of Oz. Book one of 14. Holy shit. You're going to read all 14? 14 Oz books. Fuck no. Uh, ooh, 272 pages. Ooh, we'll somebody's not going to be getting my ruby pumps. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I think I've, in some way or another, given all my thoughts, I think. Let's just call this one a take two and not do take three. Oh, oh, but you don't want to change the name. We're take three, bro. I don't want to do more work. I want to do less work. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I am excited for take three. There will be lots of things for us to talk about. Uh, take two is probably the hardest for me <laughs> because <laughs> we had to watch this movie after. Again, just not for me, but I totally give it credit where credit is due. Anything else you want to say about the Wizard of Oz? No. The Wizard of Ass. If you guys don't know what I just said, look up The Wizard of Ass, Betty White, SNL. It's really fucking funny. And I just love her. And we got to wait to the very end. Like, watch it all the way through. It's really it's fucking funny. Moderately funny. No. I'm just fucking with you. No. I just need you to be supportive. Then <laughs> <laughs> just... I just went through a whole lot with that movie. I was so worried <laughs> that she was not going to be able to get home. Your shoes don't match your dress. Give them to me. Oh, my God. They're One mine. last thing. It, okay, so, uh, again, I haven't watched this movie in, like, 20 years, but, like, obviously I know the story and stuff. It never has clicked to me that there were all those people in the black and white version, and then they're all characters in her dream. It never clicked to me that those were the same people. I rarely call you stupid. Rarely. <laughs> I just... I. I had no idea. I was like, oh, shit. Like, you're, I, you're making it really difficult right Shut now. up. I mean, like, I was a child when I last watched this, but I, I'm just surprised I didn't know that. Okay, take three. Click. Do the little clap and take three. Take three. Take three. Take three. I don't remember what episode it was, but I think we used this as, like, our funny intro at one point. But I think you had asked me what did you do for your research or like what, what did you find or something in some take three? And I started by saying, so I didn't really find much. And then you started laughing and I'm like, what, what's so funny? Why are you laughing? And you said, I thought you were going to say, I didn't really find anything. So I'm not going to like report on anything right now. Yeah. Do you remember that? Uh huh. And it was really funny. And I was like, I really should do that at some point. Um, I didn't research anything. (laughs) You're shitting me. 
I researched a little bit and then realized that I should quit. So there's a story behind all of this, but uh, I have stuff to talk about, but there are reasons why I stopped researching. Uh, if this is a shorter episode, that's why. Yeah, that's fine. Just easier to edit. Yep. Okay. I'll edit it. I'll edit it this time. It's Shut fine. up. Okay, we did like a three or four minute take one, and Jordan was like, I got this one. I'll do this. <laughs> you edited that two hour episode we did a couple days ago. I'll take this four minute take one. <laughs> oh, I just want to say, first off, of course, the AC is not fixed. It's going to require like, I think, getting a whole new AC unit. So oh, no. I'm still not under the blanket, but I don't really notice a difference. I edited take one and two, and I don't really notice a difference. So that's good. Yeah. Have we. Have we, uh, are we giving up on the blanket then? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I still want it to sound like it's psychologically, if anything, like when it gets cooler, <laughs> I'm going to put the blanket on. But, um, if there's any difference, it's not that big of a difference. Well, good. Okay. I guess I will start because you don't have anything. He just gave me one of those like innocent smiles that he does, but okay. <laughs> I have some stuff. It's just, I did not dive in to this movie like I normally do. And we don't know why yet. You'll see. You'll see. Well, did you finish all of the things that you said you were going to finish? Like all of the movies and reading the book and everything? I absolutely did. What? I did, motherfucker. I forget what I said that I would win or that we agreed on that I would win if I did. My ruby slippers. I fucking did it. I did it, motherfucker. I did it. Is that why you didn't research anything? That's exactly why I didn't read. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's more reasons, but I have, by watching the four things that I watched, or I should say experienced or consumed, I guess, because they weren't all movies. But yeah, I like I learned a lot about The Wizard of Oz and this universe and stuff. You read a 200-page um, book in like a day? Audiobooks, baby. Yes, I did. Oh, shit. I didn't even, <laughs> I forgot they existed. Okay, that's very clever. I gotta give it to you. That was good. I did not think about that. Thank you very much. Audiobooks for the win. You can have my Ruby slippers. Thank you very much. They are well earned. I don't think that they'll uh, fit me, but. Yes, uh, because I have size 13 feet and Jordan has size 7 feet. I do not have size seven. Don't say that because people are actually going to think I have He's size got seven. Dainty feet. little feet. I do not. I have aggressively average feet. I wear a ten and yeah. a half. Okay. Oh yeah, ten and a half and babies. I don't know. I don't know baby sizes. <laughs> I don't know babies. <laughs> okay. Uh, I do want to discuss everything that I consumed. But yeah, we'll, well this is where we're doing that, so that's good. <laughs> I'm saying, like, we'll do that at the end because this is about The Wizard of Oz and not the other things. So, Got it. All right, so I know that this is a very celebrated film. It has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. However, as well as this movie was received, it actually, on upon its first release, uh, didn't make the studio money. It actually resulted in a loss for the studio because it had a ginormous budget back then, which was $2.8 million. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and it only made okay. about $3 million, a little bit over $3 million. Okay. So, and again, you're not factoring in advertising costs to the budget. However, 
obviously, there have been multiple re-releases. By the time all of the re-releases over the years have accumulated money, uh, we're about at 25 million worldwide. Wow. So according to the Library of Congress, this is the most watched film in history. Really? When it comes to screenings, when it comes to how many times it plays on television each year, how many times they've uh, like DVDs and things like that have been sold. I say D- Blu-rays and streaming. <laughs> I grew up with DVDs, so that's like <laughs> there's cassette tapes I'm sure have been sold as well. You know, so uh, yeah, they they named it the most watched film in history, which isn't surprising because we were talking about how like it's the most referenced film in history. Yeah, yeah. And anytime I think of like a comic book antique store or any kind of like novelty shop or anything, the first thing that comes to my head is like Wizard of Oz merchandise, be it lunchboxes (laughs) or like action figures or something. Like it's, I feel like it's so ingrained in America's history that it's just. It doesn't surprise me that it is the most the most watched film. You're totally right. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like you don't even realize it because it's just there. It, and it has always been there. And like I've never really been that interested in it, but like you're right, it totally <laughs> is. That's funny. So this movie actually won two Oscars, like I said, for Best Music, Original Song, and then Best Music, Original Score, and the song was Over the Rainbow. It was nominated for three others, which were Best Picture, Best Art Direction, and Best Special Effects. It lost Best Picture to Gone with the Wind. Ooh. Would you do that one for this podcast? No. Why? I don't like that movie at all. I mean, like, okay, I didn't really like this movie either, but I don't want to watch it. I get it mixed up with Sound of Music all the time. Those two movies are the same in my mind for some reason. So they're actually pretty different. However, (laughs) I don't like either of them, so... (laughs) It also helped Judy Garland receive her honorary Oscar, which is the Academy Juvenile Award. And so this celebrated one young actor's contribution to film in any given year. For example, like Shirley Temple was the first actor to receive this award in 1934. So she got it for like her body of work that year. Okay. Do you want to hear a crazy story about the honorary Oscar? (laughs) Yes, I do. This is really interesting, I thought. (laughs) So Judy reportedly lost her award over the years, and in 1958, she reached out to the Academy and asked if she could buy a replacement. Oh, her physical award. She lost it. Yeah. How do you lose something like that? Oh, my God. I know, right? Well, again, she was like a teenager when she won it, so. Yeah, but, yeah, okay. When I was a teenager, I would have lost my head. I mean, it. you know, (laughs) they were cool with that, but they made her sign the agreement that they had instated in 1950, and it's still going on today, that if for some reason the Oscar was to ever be sold, the Academy had the right of first refusal, which meant that before anyone could sell an Oscar, they had to offer to sell it back to the Academy for 10 bucks. Oh my God. And actually, it changed to $1 in the 80s, and it, it's still $1 now. So basically, you can't sell an Oscar because the uh, the Academy's just going to buy it back from you. And I assume... Hmm. They don't want people to sell their Oscars. That makes sense, but would it be to just go back and sell it again to get more money? Or like to guarantee that they get the money for it, or do they just not sell it at all? No, no, no. The Academy wouldn't sell it. They would just take it and probably put it in a museum or something like that. Okay, but then, I, okay, that makes sense. Then I guess, like, what would be the condition where the Oscars would be, like, if they have right of first refusal, what 
why would they refuse to take back an Oscar? They wouldn't. Okay. Okay. They wouldn't. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Uh, it, it just means that you have to make them the offer first. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I'm learning so much. Uh, anyway, Garland died in, in 1969, and Sidney Luft, who was husband number three out of five, wound up with some of her belongings. So there's this auction in 93 that Luft is planning to sell the Oscar at. The Oscars got involved and filed an injunction to stop him. Okay. And what was funny was that he was advertising it as the original Oscar with like pictures and such of her winning, oh but it God. was the replacement. Oh, my God. Okay. So the uh, Academy Awards obviously stopped that. But he actually turned it over to his daughter, Lorna Luft, who had expressed that she wanted to keep it in the family. Right. But then in 2000, another statue was put up for auction, right? And the Academy actually determined that this was the original Oscar. And once they traced it back again to Sidney Luft, they sued him Again. Oh, my God. (laughs) And won the lawsuit. (laughs) So Garland's original Oscar was taken back, and they put it on, like, display at exhibits and stuff like that. And I believe the replacement is still with... The daughter. The daughter, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's too funny. (laughs) Isn't that nuts? (laughs) That is crazy. It's also crazy that she was 16 when she made this movie. That is insane to me. Totally. Something about this movie made me not want to talk so positively about it. So here are a bunch of bad things that happen. Okay, before you get into that, because you actually, we do this occasionally where you'll send me your notes or I'll send you mine uh, just to make sure that we don't overlap anything. And I did see your notes and I know that most of the rest of them are negative stuff. Yeah. Okay. I have lots of negative stuff as well. Cool. But what I can talk about is the quote research that I did and I can talk about the book and how the book is different than the movie. And I can kind of dive into the history of that before we get into the dark, dirty, gritty stuff. Okay, cool. So like everything was pretty much the same uh, up to a certain point. It was sort of like beat by beat, just like the movie, except in this one, she was much younger. Uh, I don't know if they were intending Dorothy in the movie to seem older. I don't really know. I, probably yes, because it's Hollywood. That was actually a uh, common criticism, apparently, that I read, is that people thought that she seemed too old to play Dorothy. Yeah, and there's a lot that went into the things that they did to make her pretty in this movie. Oh, and we'll, God, we'll get into yeah. that later. Uh, but in the book, her slippers were silver. They were not ruby. They changed it to ruby because it, it, it seemed better in contrast to highlight like the technicolor stuff that the movie had. So ruby made more sense. Would you have been happier if, if they were silver? Would they have matched her outfit better if they were silver instead of ruby? They would have matched her outfit better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so the book was more of a, I don't know if this is an accurate comparison cause I didn't read this, but more of like a Homer's odyssey or like an Alice in Wonderland type story where she kind of discovers this strange land. She gets an objective and she meets several obstacles and settings and lands and characters along the way. 
For example, she comes across a river that a stork needs to help them across. Uh, the poppy fields are in it, but there, she just comes across. It's like it's like um, obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. Yeah, and I think in the movie they kind of shied away from from a lot of those things, like any obstacle. That's just like I meet a person, <laughs> yeah. I sing with them, and then we keep going. Right. Uh, when she does get to the Emerald City in the book, the gatekeeper makes everyone who arrives, he makes everyone wear green sunglasses. And he says that you need to wear them to protect your eyes from how uh, magnificent the reflections of the emeralds in this city are. And how, like, we want to protect your eyes because the, the emeralds are just so bright and shiny. That's cool. We don't We don't want your eyes to be damaged. But... Once the wizard is revealed to be a fraud, he admits that the sunglasses are tinted green to make everything look like it's made of emerald. And really, it's not, which I thought was kind of clever. That is funny. Uh, when they do first arrive to the wizard, they instead of all going in at once, the wizard requests to see them separately. And he appears differently to each person. So for Dorothy, I think it is like the fiery head that we see in the movie. I think for the scarecrow, it's like a woman who's in like a dress or something. I think for like the Tin Man, it's this scary like five-legged monster or something. It was it was really strange, but I thought that was an interesting. It makes sense because in the movie that would be a lot more work and props and stuff. But yeah, wow. Uh, and it is only after the balloon accidentally flies away that Glinda is mentioned in the story. Once. Dorothy realizes that her ride has gone. There's a guard that tells Dorothy to go see this magical witch, Glinda, and she'll grant you any wish that you would like. And she takes the Tin Man to rule what's called the Winkies. It was this land that they came across. The Scarecrow to rule the Emerald City, which is what we see in uh, Return to Oz. Yeah. And the Lion, of course, to rule the forest. And then she tells Dorothy how to click her heels three times and go home. So in that regard, I would say that the movie Return to Oz is very much a sequel to the book. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of similar things in that story that resonated more with Return to Oz than it did with with the original movie. But it's like, you know that that movie is so popular. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know. Okay, keep going. Sorry. That was really it. That was all the real differences that I could find. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's very interesting. Thank you for sharing. Okay. So here's some shitty things. So <laughs> Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch of the West, wore green makeup, you know, all over. Mm -hmm. Okay. So back then there weren't nearly as many safety regulations. So a lot of these actors wore some unsafe makeup. Uh, this particular makeup had copper in it. So there was this scene where – she exited from the little people land. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I heard so many people over like my research say that word and I'm like, still not saying it. Don't care. <laughs> uh, okay. So in her exit from that, she's like supposed to go up and, and smoke in flames and then disappear. Right. Yeah. That like so, red cloud thing. Yeah. So a concealed elevator would lower her down below the stage Mm -hmm. And then there would be fire and smoke to like hide her long enough for it to look like she disappeared. So apparently the first take went good, but they did a second take and the burst of fire came too soon and her makeup caught fire. Jesus. And she got third degree burns on her hands 
and face. And she was out for three months before she could come back to production. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which is nuts to me. Like, that's pretty crazy. I also think it was pretty interesting that, like, uh, because she's a really iconic character, but Mm -hmm. the majority of her role was actually deemed too scary for audiences for this movie. So they, yeah, they cut a lot of her scenes or trimmed a lot of her scenes down. And I was like, damn, I would have liked to see more of her. I mean, because, like, she was just as campy and over the top as everybody else was, but, like, Mm-hmm. Still, I thought, you know, give me more of like the bad guy. I liked that. Now I'm dying to know what they cut out. Like, I want to know right. how scary this actually was. Right. Damn. And she was much better than someone else that plays the Wicked Witch. <laughs> I'm not talking about uh, Adina Menzel. I'm talking about Mila Kunis. Oh, okay. Have you seen that movie? Yes. Un- unfortunately, I have. Have you seen The Wiz? Yes. So you've seen all of these movies that I researched yeah here i thought i was gonna like bring this magnificent plethora of like experience and knowledge only to find well that's good we can we can talk about it together then okay you will you still will because like i didn't watch them recently so i gotcha here's another really shitty thing that happened let's do it ray bolger was originally going to play the Tin Man. However, he insisted that he would rather play the Scarecrow. So he convinced the producer to give him that role. And Buddy Ebsen, I don't know if you know who Buddy Ebsen is, uh, he played Jed Clampett on the Beverly Hillbillies. Do you know what the Beverly Hillbillies are? I know the name. I, I don't know what it is, no. So basically, it's like about these like hillbillies that live, I don't even know, I don't even know where they live, but... Uh, so Buddy Epson's character in Beverly Hillbillies, his name is Jed Clampett, and he's out and he's hunting and he actually strikes oil and suddenly they're rich and they all move to Beverly oh, Hills. Beverly Hills. <laughs> and <laughs> they're super funny. rich, but they're still super like country and don't understand anything and like yeah. you know, so is that it's a like a, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it was on – I remember being on Nick at Night. That's the only reason I know what it is. But it was on Nick at Night when I was really young. Anyway, Buddy Ebsen had been cast as the role of Scarecrow. And now he was switched to the Tin Man. Oh, OK. Because Ray Bolger wanted to play Scarecrow. the Scarecrow. But the makeup for the Tin Man contained something called aluminum dust, which actually coated Ebsen's lungs. And he had like an allergic reaction to it. Jesus Christ. One day he complained that he couldn't breathe and they had to take him to the hospital. So he lasted literally 10 days on set. He apparently suffered breathing problems for the rest of his life. That was how how bad it was. The part was like immediately recast and MGM didn't tell anyone why. So Jack Haley, the person who actually plays the Tin Man, took over. Mm -hmm. And while the makeup team did make the makeup safer, apparently no one even told Haley why Buddy Epson dropped out. Oh, my God. Like, he had an allergic reaction to this makeup here oh my with God. someone. <laughs> they didn't even tell him. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sure he eventually found out. But before he took the job, apparently he did not know. Want to hear another shitty thing? Yeah. Okay, so this movie actually has, like, five uncredited directors. But Victor Fleming was the official director. 
and apparently he was horrible to Judy Garland. Yeah. He even slapped her during a scene one time when she actually had to slap the lion. Mm -hmm. She couldn't make it through the scene without laughing. And he pulled her off to the side and slapped her and said, go back to work. They did so much to her. They gave her like pills. They called her a fat little pig. They made sure that she was on a very strict diet to make her thinner and lose weight. And uh, it kind of ruined her for the rest of her life. She kind of got like addicted to the medications that she was on to stay up for long hours and do work and then go to sleep. And it like ruined her. And it was they were terrible to her. And the even though they I heard stories that the the were like looking up her dress and and it was just like the experience (laughs) that I am hearing that she went through for this movie Absolutely broke my heart. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrible. It's crazy that someone would be so well-known for something. You could say that it propelled her into stardom, but it also, in a way, like ruined her life, you know? Yeah, So absolutely did. Going off those really dark facts, uh, this is a little bit lighter. Apparently, uh, Toto was paid $125 a week. That's a decent amount of money for like an acting animal. Right, But there were actually reports from some of the little people that they were paid $50 a week. And so, (laughs) which like, I guess Toto's like a star, but he's a dog. He can't even go to the bank and cash a check. Like, you should pay your human actors more than that, in my opinion. That sucks, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. This whole film just... When I told you that I was struggling to find things that I wanted to talk about about this movie, when I found out the horrible things, I was like, oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of why you decided to research everything but this movie. (laughs) No. So so I, I watched everything and listened to everything pretty quickly. And then I went into research. And I remember my history teacher bringing something up that like each one of the characters of the four of the main four represented some kind of like uh, historical, it had some historical significance of like America. Like I know he said something like uh, the, the scarecrow represents like agriculture and stuff like that. So I wanted to dive into that. And I found a lot of that, which I'll report on in a bit. But after that, I couldn't find anything positive about this movie. Anything that I saw was, this is how they abused Judy Garland, and this is what happened on set, and this is the bad stuff, and all of the the, <laughs> the makeup and, and burns that these actors went through. Yeah. And I was like, I know that's your thing. But like, I, I stopped finding good things, and that's when I stopped researching. I'm like, I'm not – I suddenly just – don't really care for this movie much anymore. <laughs> yeah. I remember it made you hate Shining even more when you found out what... Legitimately, this is my last note. It says, it really does spoil the experience. I feel similarly about Kubrick's films, specifically Shining and how Shelley Duvall was treated. It is the exact same. It's misogynistic. It's terrible. Yeah. And I, it's it not, sucks. It's, it's not even like close to being rare, you know? I mean, it's extremely common that women were treated like this. I was kind of looking up things – I was trying to at least find things that were about the production in like a technical light. Yeah. And then I was finding some things and I'm like, I don't care about any of this. And I don't (laughs) think they will either. And then I found that stuff. So I'm very happy that I found all this bad stuff that happened. Even though I'm really sad that it happened. I am glad that we were able to share this with you. Are you done with your research altogether? Because we could just talk about the movies now. 
I have the bulk that I researched, which is about like the historical significance and stuff. But even that towards the end is like disproved, I guess. So I don't know how much this will sink in. I don't know how much this would interest people, but I'll go into it anyway. And then we can talk about the movies. I'll just bleep you out if it gets too boring. Okay. I do want to talk about those movies, though. I have a lot of opinions and I'm very excited to talk about them. So a lot of looking this up, I was actually bored too. And I really don't know a lot of like the economic significance of a lot of this, but it does have a lot to do with the economy and stuff. There is this like entire allegorical lore surrounding this movie that it was sort of this metaphorical take on the expansion of the United States and manifest destiny, which is sort of like conquering the wicked West kind of thing finding the witch and killing her kind of thing. You get the connection. Oh my God. Can I tell you a story really quick? Yeah. Okay. I know you, you just said manifest destiny and I was immediately brought back to it's manifest destiny, which is from, uh, from 90th museum, which I watched the other night. I forgot how much I loved that fucking movie. And like which one? everyone on earth is in that movie. It's hysterically. Oh, just the first one. I think I've seen the second one. And I don't really remember it, and I don't know that I've ever seen the third one. But the first one is, like, so enjoyable. Oh, uh, Owen Wilson says that. Yes. He's the, yeah, that's exactly. right. That's exactly, and they're trying to blow that. a hole through the wall. <laughs> you do know what Manifest Destiny is, right? I probably did back in the day, but I did a lot of cocaine in college, so. Yeah, I believe that. It was It's basically the colonies moving west yeah. and, like, taking over the rest of the United States. It's and genocide. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, plain and simple. Uh, but going back to, I think you were probably hearing Night of the Museum in your head when I said this, but yes. it's conquering the wicked west. So, like, it's all about getting rid of the wicked witch of the west. It's oh, the idea that shit. conquering the west. So, Dorothy is your average middle-class American that would lead three classes of America, the scarecrow representing agriculture and farming, the tin man representing the growing industries and technologies and railroads that would benefit from the expansion of this market. And the lion representing animals. It's it's debated what this is about, but uh, he sort of represents the people who had the means to change the country for the better, but lacked the courage to do so. Oh, who couldn't speak up. Uh, And a lot of people like to point out that maybe this was pointing to one person in particular, which was William Jennings Bryan, who was the secretary of state from 1891 to 95. 95. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, it was so boring. I was like, I have to find something, but, uh, but basically there's evidence that ties the yellow brick rolled to the gold standard, Uh, In the book, Her Slippers Are Silver, which we went over before, which is connecting the idea that gold and silver will pave the way to prosperity and wealth, i.e. the Emerald City. But then I saw people reaching out. I saw several points about this. It wasn't just like one article. It was more than one person saying this kind of thing that this was never confirmed. This idea of this American belief that was embedded in this story and often goes against L. Frank Baum's beliefs, who is the author of The Wizard of Oz. They had a similar reaction to people claiming that the Lord of the Rings was an allegory for World War II. And there was a lot of discussion about like limiting interpretation of literature to kind of maintain the artist's original vision and not get it too bogged down on like theories and stuff, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, so that is interesting. 
all of that for nothing. I don't know. I saw some of that and I was like, God, I really can't. That doesn't mean it's not true, though. <laughs> there were a lot of, I don't want to say purists, but it was it was sort of like, you guys need to calm down. It's just a kid's story kind of thing. You can believe what you want to believe, but all of this kind of led me to finding out the more dark side of this movie. Yeah. And it's kind of turned into this like very abusive misogynistic project that I kind of want to distance myself from. Like I really, it's, I'm not a fan, like I I can't really think of this movie anymore or, or watch it without knowing what, what went into it. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. I can respect it for its revolutionary technology. I mean, I obviously understand that it, it was a stepping stone in cinema, but it is a shining example of, what can go on behind the scenes and the impact that that can have on a person's life moving forward. It's a cautionary tale, really. And it's like the, that movie will never be known for all those bad things. Right. You know, enough exactly. time has passed where no one's going to be brought up and be canceled. Everybody's dead. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, I, although who knows with in 2021 culture, who knows, but you know what I mean? They've gotten away with it, I guess. Nobody's yeah, going to have like yeah. any sort of repercussions from it because they're all dead. Yeah. And it really makes me think about how, what's the word, how passionately the gay community celebrates this movie. And I have to make sure that if I were to do that too, it's putting it in perspective and that it's celebrating the talents of Judy Garland yeah, and not the fact that this is some movie that's, you know, an icon or a symbol of the gay community because I really don't want that for us. A lot of people really latch on to the message of struggling with finding your place as a child. A lot of people connect to that and the gay community. I mean, I guess I do too. But again, I just fucking did not like this movie, so I don't feel connected at all. So whatever. <laughs> I kind of have different feelings about this movie, but I'm glad that we did this. I'm glad that we uncovered this because this was things these are things that i did not know so excellent oh i want to watch these over and over again uh the first one i watched was the whiz that movie is a masterpiece really? it is a spectacle are you kidding me it definitely has a lot of great spectacle to it and the music is much better. I just kind of remember it also being like this happy musical, which I'm like, okay. Even that one followed the book a lot more closely than the original Wizard of Oz did. Because she had silver slippers in that yeah. in that movie, mm -hmm. Diana Ross did. Um, the production was out of this world. I love like the swollen, bulging taxis. I love the sets and the costumes. They were incredible. They were so good. It's unlike anything I've seen before. And in that way, it was very unique. And it was fun. Uh, admittedly, I didn't really like Diana Ross as Dorothy. I didn't think that she was the best choice for her, but I loved all the other characters. What about the songs? The songs? Okay, this movie probably could have been like 45 minutes shorter. Yes. Uh, some of the songs I couldn't really get into, but there were several new ones. that. So I knew of... Um, the brand new day one. I love that song. I always have. Um, but, and there were some other songs from this movie that I actually enjoyed. I really, really liked them. 
Uh, but there were some that kind of went on for a little bit too long, like that scene when they were dancing and the, um, I don't know if you call him the wizard or the king or whatever, the voice above, yeah. where it's, he's like changing the colors. He's like, oh, now yellow's in, or gold's in fashion. Oh, now red's in fashion. And so that changes everything. Like, I think that scene went on a little too long, but I still loved it. I still thought it was really, really clever and, oh, well, and I'm, awesome. I'm very glad you enjoyed it. That's cool. And beautiful. Yeah, that one was by far my favorite of the three. Uh, and I actually was hoping that I could fit in the, I, is it NBC that does like the live musicals? It was either NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, CBN, something like that. I don't know. Got it. Yeah. One of those did a live version of The Wiz and I really wanted to fit that in, but I couldn't find it anywhere. So, oh, well. The next one I want to talk about is Return to Oz. I was expecting to hate it. I was expecting it to be this low-budget film. I actually really enjoyed it. It's clear they put a lot of work into that movie, and I'm really not mad at it. I'm not. I think it was great. Return to Oz was, to me, a more enjoyable story than Wizard of Oz. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I am fully aware that this is because it is a much darker film. Oh, yeah. The thing that let me down was the production itself. Some parts felt really epic and grand, and other parts felt very cheap. (laughs) And I don't understand why Dorothy is so much younger than this one. Like, I understand... If you I, were trying, I think it's because it's from the book, yeah. Yes, but if you are going to try to start a new continuity, you are referencing a movie that is unbelievably well-known. Even in, I don't know, what it was, this movie came out in like 85 or something? Something like that. Uh, whatever. Uh, the Wizard of Oz was the Wizard of Oz back then too, so yeah. you've got to know that people are going to be like, why is this so different? If they were going to start a new continuity, then they should have redone the first one first. I mean, is it so bad that they went into a different direction? Again, it's just because a lot of people feel like it's operating as a sequel to Wizard of Oz when it really isn't. You are referencing something that is so well known. I'm sure a lot of people were just thrown off at how different things were. Probably. And so I I think I, in that instance, would argue that it was really taking a sequel to the book rather than the movie. I know there were some callbacks to the movie, but I think you're right. But like how popular is the book versus how popular is the movie? Well, I I think I I understand that, but I don't know. I guess I just don't see anything wrong with someone just wanting to do what they wanted to do. I I see what you're saying. People who know nothing about the books have Wizard of Oz and then the Return to Oz as its kind of sequel – like, I mean, I knew that there's, like, an animated sequel, which I thought was kind of cool. But, like, <laughs> with Liza Minnelli in it, like, that's that's neat. But uh, What? Yeah, there's, like, an animated sequel. I would have added that to my list. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, yeah, I, like, I found that out. I didn't know that before. <laughs> but I guess what I mean is, like, you okay, so you have Wizard of Oz, and then you have the next live-action movie in that story – return to Oz and they don't fit together like at all. Yeah. And it just, to me, throws me off a little bit. No, I gotcha. And also, I didn't like that she called the lion cowardly lion because I thought that at the end of the last movie, he had courage. Got his courage. So he's not cowardly anymore, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) what absolutely blows me away is that this movie was directed and co-written by Walter freaking Murch. And I don't know if you know who Walter Murch is. No. But he is probably the most well-respected editor and sound engineer 
on the face of the earth. Really? Yes. He directed this? Yes. He has never directed another movie before. And bam, directorial debut is this shit. <laughs> I just think he was in over his head on some parts. And he actually never directed another movie, thankfully. <laughs> Damn. He went back to editing and sound engineering. So to be honest with you, the story was way better than I expected. It just looked way cheaper than it should in some regards. Like towards the end when the guy's like in the the, the mountain like the animation and stuff like that. And I get that was a long time ago, even still, you know, yeah. but it's just like, I feel like you could have done that differently. No, see, I thought that was a brilliant touch. I loved that. That was one of the things I was going to bring up. I was like, this has everything. It has practical effects. It has CGI. It has stop motion effects. Okay. The practical effects looked good, but the stop motion and the CGI did not like with the rocks. I loved it. Oh, I loved that. I loved it so much. I don't know. I I feel like I'm a practical person unless you have like really, really good CGI. Because CGI is always going to look dated eventually. Yes. But I think I was able to contextualize that. And I was like, I know that this was made a long time ago. I get it. And even for that decade that it was made, I thought it was very well done. I love the mixed mediums. It was beautiful. It was really, really beautiful. And I know we talked about how dark it is. And I think that this is what this movie has become known for is that like it just scarred kids growing up when they saw this. Um, having seen it as a 20 something year old, I, I loved it. I really, really did. I think it could have been a little bit shorter as well. There were some scenes that dragged on a little bit, but for what I was expecting, I was expecting it to be this really cheap, really stupid thing. They put a lot of work into this movie and it, I think it showed quite a bit. I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, again, I think I like it more than The Wizard of Oz. I think I enjoyed it more. Uh, going in blind was definitely a good idea, Chris. Thank you for that. Uh, because yes. if I'd have seen a trailer, I might have been turned off. But I really I really liked Jack. Um, yeah. That was amazing. And I liked TikTok. He was TikTok fun, too. TikTok was okay. I, I loved uh, him. Was it Belinda? <laughs> Oh, the 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 hen. Um, yes, and I want to be one of those roller skatey guys. <laughs> the wheelers. Yes, that was cool. <laughs> I do like that it was sort of like reflecting the original one because she had like a little pet companion. It wasn't yeah. Toto this time; it was the chicken. Toto's like, I want to be in the movie, and she's like, Go home, Toto. You're not in this one. I know, I know. But like it was like we had TikTok as the Tin Man, her Tin Man companion. I think Jack is very much the um, the the Scarecrow companion. And is it like Gump or something? What's the Gump? Um, I thought they were saying Gump, too, which made me think of. Hello, Mr. Gump. Hello, Mr. Gump. But like it, it very clearly tried to reflect like those yeah, four things, yeah. which I appreciated. Reflect or rip off. That's fine. <laughs> Shut up. But I mean, it's based on the other books. So, well, yeah, I would. Yeah, I think I think personally, I will probably look into this to see like what they actually pulled from the series, because this is like a huge series mm -hmm. that he wrote. I think this one was based on two. Two books or yeah. number two? Oz from Ozma and then I, it's something about Oz, some other thing about Oz. They all have the word gotcha. Oz in them. But uh, the Ozma storyline, I thought that kind of felt tactile. And like, I get we saw her at the beginning, but it was like, she's she's the queen now. She's 
the princess yeah. of the old guy. And I was just like, well, <laughs> where did this come from? We didn't even know about any of it. I, would, I was yeah. just like, whatever. At that point, I was like ready to go to bed. But <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. It exceeded my expectations. So, Well, good. Let's talk about a movie that hasn't exceeded your expectations. So this take isn't <laughs> 500 years long. I saw what you gave it on Letterboxd. Oh my God, it was so bad. Even within like the first five minutes, I was already checked out. I was like, this is terrible. What did you hate about it? First things first, it, it was in a different aspect ratio. At the beginning, yeah. In the very beginning, right. And it was in black and white. But everything was crystal clear. They didn't do it on film or anything. They, did, they made no attempts to make it seem like older or anything like that, which I thought was not a good thing. It, like, you're not fooling anyone. Like, we get what you're doing. You couldn't make it more obvious. That was actually a problem I had with WandaVision's first two episodes. It's like, I wish I would have shot this on film. Yeah. At least made it look like it. Because if they did shoot that on film, it certainly didn't look like you shot it on film. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that on film? <laughs> it's yes, Disney. I got that it's... on film. Huh? What is that? What are you doing? It's Scream 2. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't like that. Like, it's it's Disney. They had the money to be able to do that, and they didn't. I was laughing hysterically. I don't know if you remember this part, but he's doing the magic show in the very beginning. And there's this girl in a wheelchair that's in the front row and he's doing this magic trick and he's making the, he's doing like that classic making the woman float. And he suddenly like pulls down the sheet and the woman's gone. So, (laughs) so everyone's like cheering for this guy and everyone's like so happy. And so just like, enamored with this magic trick and this little girl wheels up to him and she goes make me walk again (laughs) oh my god and then the guy in the back and there's this guy in the back he's like yeah make her walk again and then everyone gets the mob mentality and suddenly this whole crowd is like make the girl walk why can't you make this girl walk again and he gets booed off stage he's a fucking magician oh my god i was dying i thought it was so fucking funny um but <laughs> not in a good way <laughs> no not at all i was like why would you include this all right so we're moving on they finally get to the color part of it and you can tell that it's made very obviously for 3d like it has those things that you can tell are very clearly like coming at the camera to try and like make it seem like it's coming at you, which is so cheesy. I hate it when movies do that. Didn't like that. The choice for the actors, I don't think there was a single one that I enjoyed or thought fit the role properly. I know this is dumb, but like all I can ever hear Mila Kunis be now is (laughs) Is Meg. Meg. (laughs) From Family Guy. That's a shame. Yeah, isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? I mean, because I've been watching her like my whole life. That show's been on the air. It has like 19 seasons. It's been on the air for like, (laughs) since 1999, like 22 years. I mean, not that I've been watching it that long, but like I've seen all of them. So, you know, it is very hard to get that out of my my head. And especially when she's green, I was just like, oh, I can't take this seriously at all. If it helps at all, uh, as someone who isn't a religious family guy watcher, even disassociating her from Meg doesn't help. She doesn't have, she's not able to have like a powerful, like, like scream or like triumphant moment. Like when she's screaming or when she's, when she's yelling in battle or something, it just doesn't translate at all. I don't know if that was her fault. Her voice doesn't seem shrill enough. Yeah, it it was strange. It was just the whole thing was off. When she rides away on her broom, I would bet anything that that 
laugh was dubbed. <laughs> I did. I guess I enjoyed Rachel Weiss's role. Uh, I, and, but like just everything else fell apart for me. The costumes I didn't think were great at all. They seemed kind of silly and strange to me. Uh, even the CGI was a little bit suspect at some parts and, uh, it just, it was bad. And honestly, if I had not made the promise to watch or to consume all four of these things, I would have stopped it like 30 minutes in. I I would not have finished it. (laughs) Can I claim that there was no abuse or any kind of wrongdoings in any of these other movies? No, but I can say with certainty, I will no longer be supporting the wizard of Oz in any way that I can. Um, How were you supporting it before? I mean, just watching it, giving it a view. I don't know. Oh, gotcha. There are alternatives that you can go to. Maybe not the great and wonderful Oz. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> Oz the Great the, and Powerful. Yeah, don't fuck that one. Don't don't watch that one. <laughs> go watch The Wiz. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. I want to watch it again. I wish I'd bought it, but. That's good. Oh, That's well. good. Where did you watch The Wiz? I rented it, I think, on Amazon Prime. Okay. I know a lot of these movies are on Disney Plus, so I guess with The Wiz isn't. But yeah, and neither is The Great and Powerful Oz. I was so bummed about that. I was really? like, you're going to make me pay for this one too? Yeah, I paid for it. And I'm pissed that I paid well, for why it. Why the hell isn't Oz the Great and Powerful on there? Because that's, that's a Disney movie. That's like a recent Disney movie. I know. I would have thought it was. I would have thought that I would have had a rent return to Oz. I didn't realize that that was a Disney yeah. property too, but mm-hmm. that's on Disney Plus for some reason. So. Anyway, yep. don't waste your money on The Great and Powerful Oz. Just don't do that. That's all I got to say. Okay, so this was a negative. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this episode, you mean? Yeah, this whole episode <laughs> was kind of negative. Our next episode, we're going to try to do something that we haven't done in a while, where you're hopefully going to have a guest. And it might not work out, but we'll see. <laughs> And should we tell them who the guest is? Um, I don't see a problem with that. Just don't hold us to it because something could change. So <laughs> Yeah. We will probably let you down like we have many times before. <laughs> but Courtney from We Explain Movies is going to come <laughs> talk about what is, which movie did we decide on? She uh, seemed to like the idea of doing Promising Young Woman, which makes sense for her. <laughs> Fuck yes. She loves uh, that movie. Yeah, uh, rightfully so. I'm not, yeah. That's not a complaint it's whatsoever. An, it's, God, it was amazing. So we are going to try to do Promising Young Woman with Courtney from We Explain Movies the next time we do a big episode, which I guess is in two weeks. Yeah, there should be a quick take this week. We'll see. We, we're going to keep you guys on your toes. Don't expect anything from us because we don't even know what we're doing half the time. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck, is it my turn to do the outro? Sorry for the negativity, y'all. I don't regret it, though. So hopefully you had a good time. I learned a lot, and I hope you did, too. If you want to listen to more, you can visit us at take3amp.com, or you can listen to us on all major podcast apps. For any questions or concerns or comments, you can email us at take3amp at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support us, it is absolutely free to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also visit us on all major social media sites at Take3AMP. And of course, as always, those are all the number three. Who knows what we're doing next week, but I will see you then. And this is Nick, and I'm in the outro too. How dare you? I'm going to kill your sister. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to drop a house on her.